the first time since the playoffs started, we had two great games. Hello, everybody. Terry Bennett, intern Noe, outdrank the co- coverage college. Almost said outdrank the college. Maybe that's what we just named that one. I kind of like that. Outdrank the college. Yeah. Either way, uh, we've already done the NFL show. We are properly sauced. It's time to talk a little college football. This is something that all the way back in 2012 we actually did. The Outdrink the Coverage original show was actually basically 45 minutes of pro and 45 minutes of college football. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, Grant was on the show for half of it, and the other half he would just literally stare at us because he has no – I mean, he like watches at NFL. He didn't, He's not a big fan of NFL. Uh, so we decided after those two semifinals that we had – and being on the new network, we had to bring out Outdrink the Coverage college style, and this is what we're going to do. Uh, brought to you by Frisco Bar and Grill, the same people that bring you the NFL show. Uh, and again, yes, if you don't know, we are on a new network, uh, the S2S Sports Network, brought to you by L4 Media Company, Brett Lee. Uh, we struck a deal over the last couple of weeks to move all of our shows over to the S2S Sport Network. It'll be S2SSport.com when that site gets built. Right now, you can find all of our shows over at OutDrankTheCoverage.com. It'll also be on all the podcast platforms. Just give it time because it has to kind of – you have to get a couple episodes in before they start to do that. And once we get all those in, that'll all be back on there. Uh, but we're glad to be over in the new network, and we're glad to have the ability – and the freedom to kind of talk what we want to talk, and one of those is college. Uh, we didn't really talk about this in the NFL show, but we're going to have so many off-season shows now. We're going to have outdrank the coverage sports movies episodes. We're going to have outdrank the coverage talking about past great teams, past great seasons, past great teams that didn't quite do it. You know, things like that. We're just going to have a lot of fun, and that's why we made the move. Uh, I think that was the biggest thing. Somebody asked why we made the move. Uh, a, I just, I. I I needed a new challenge, and B, I needed some stability. But C, we wanted the freedom to kind of do some things that we weren't doing. And we're going to get to do that, and that's the start of it right now. Outdrank the coverage, college style. And to be honest with you, this was like the best year to do it because legitimately this is the first year that it felt like a true playoff where anybody could win both of the games. Both games started the same. One team jumps out really big, then the other team comes back. And one of them, they couldn't complete it, and the other one, they could. I think that this is the type of Saturday that the NFL, or the college football world wanted when the playoffs were started. Yeah, uh, I mean the, the beauty of expanding to four is you get some teams that you know they might have started slow, but then they had a bunch of wins in a row to end the season. They're really strong. They might yeah. be the number four team in the country, but they might be the top team in the country overall at that point in time. So. Now you have four teams, and eventually college football is going to expand to eight, twelve. There's twelve next year. Oh, okay. I think it 12. starts next year. Yeah. So, so right now we're in year nine of the college football playoffs. Uh, we've never had as exciting of a semifinal matchups as we've had this weekend. Well, no, some good years we'll have one, and then the other will be a blowout. And but in most years it was both two blowouts. Yeah. So this was a, a treat for anyone that's semi into college football or hardcore fans. Uh, 
You want to just dive right in, man? You want to talk about the first semifinal? Well, first, we want to thank Frisco Bar and Grill. You can find them online at the Frisco Bar and Grill. Uh, you and I have been there. We had an absolute blast. Not only when we did our show there, but just going there and, and, and just hanging out. We did that one Saturday night uh, and did karaoke, and we had a blast. And, and me and my girlfriend have done that a couple times since then. Uh, the, if you're a football fan, they have, they, they're the club for the San Francisco 49ers in Oklahoma. But even if you're just a Cowboy fan, they have all the games on on Sunday. Yep. They have the Monday night game. They have the Thursday night game. They have the Sunday night game. They have all the college games, uh, and they have great drinks. They have great food. And, and, and drinks, I'll be honest with you, drinks at all bars are the same. For me, it's the food. That's what makes the decision for me of where I want to go. It has to be good food, and honestly, it has to be affordable food. And Frisco Bar and Grill is both. Yeah, that's a good point. Like you could build a rapport with your bartender and get any type of cocktail you want, you just so desire. Yeah. As long as you have a good relationship, but yeah, the food is definitely going to be unique at every single bar, and I definitely love the food. There. Yes, uh, and you can find them sixty seven fifty Gaylord Gaylord Parkway, Suite one twenty. Give them a call nine seven two seven one two. Uh, 0808. All right, now let's jump into it. So let's let's work our way up. All right, so let's, you know, we are a Texas website. We are a Texas show. Uh, that doesn't mean we're going to be exclusive talking Texas stuff, but we do on the NFL show. So I, I kind of want to go Texas as far as our Big 12, uh, as far as the, the last few weeks. And we had some decent games. Uh, Florida State, Oklahoma, rematch of the 2001 National Championship game. Uh, way more offensive than that one. That was like 14 to 2 or something yeah. like that. Uh, Florida State wins 35 to 32. I, I think Oklahoma, man, I mean, you, when you look at everything that happened this season, they are where Texas was in like 2011. And, and, and there's, a, there, there's a path for Oklahoma to be back to where Oklahoma was, or they're about to face five to 10 years of struggling. And I don't know if we know where the path is right now, but I, I thought for the most part that that was an entertaining game. And for a bowl game, that's all you really can ask for. Just be entertaining. Yeah, especially in this new day and age where they have a playoff system now. It's, it's I, I, well, me personally, I view the bowl games a lot different. I don't view them as important now in, at 38 as I used to when I was a teenager. Well, I think they've changed, too. They have changed a lot. I mean, I remember when I was a teenager, you know, just starting to get into sports, I would watch every single bowl game. I didn't care what time it was. I just loved it. And But now it's still a good showcase of your team on a big network. You're the only game playing. Uh, it's a good opportunity for recruiting. Coaches get to showcase how they do their offense. And a lot of teenagers right now that are top prospects, they, they, they'll they be watching all the bowl games because they want to see where they want to go to. There's it, It's uh, an opportunity for them to get a look at the coach, how he interacts with the players on the sideline. It's a good opportunity for the coach to showcase – some of the the the, the, the talent yeah. and like just oh this could be a, a fun environment oh this coach actually cares about me personally he's not a robot yeah uh, so it I I, I think there's still big importance for bowls um, but I think for most lay fans they're going to be more focused on the playoffs only yeah and and here's the thing bowl games now if you're not in the playoffs are for your young guys to get snaps. Um, you look at Texas, like the bulk of their big guys, uh, Overshawn on defense, uh, Bajon Robinson on offense, both 
sat out, and I have no problem with that. If you're listening to a podcast and you're wanting us to be like, oh, the kids shouldn't be paid, and this, no, you and I are 100%, yeah, they should be paid. Yeah. And there's no, re- I have no problem. If you're a senior and you're going pro, don't play the bowl game. Hey, look, Bryce Young, you played, good for you. But let's also understand, Bryce Young is in a different boat because he's still trying to prove to people he still needs to show that he can be a guy that can be a, a first-round draft pick, a top-five draft pick. Bijan Robinson at Texas, his draft pick's going to be wherever it's going to be. Nobody's going to go, oh, he's now a first round because of the bowl game. No, they already know where he's going to be. So I have no problem with, A, players getting paid. They should have been being paid a long time ago. And I have no problem with players sitting out. Your commitment to your team is the same as the team's commitment to you. And, And I'll say this again. If you're wanting to be, if you're one of those guys that that believes a player shouldn't be able to transfer, okay, fine. Then coaches shouldn't be able to move jobs. It, that's that simple. If coaches can move jobs whenever they want, then players should be able to move wherever they want. These coaches go into the homes of these teenagers and look at the parent's eye or their guardian's eye and guarantee, hey, I'm going to commit mm-hmm. four years. I want to commit four years to this kid. I want to turn him from a young adult to a grown man. And he's going to be so prepared for the world. If I agree with you. If, if coaches can leave, players can leave. I love the fact that they're getting paid. As a, someone with a finance background, I completely understand how much the universities are actually making yes. off these players and off of football in general. So uh, offering a full-time scholarship to every player still doesn't cover the amount of money those play- that the actual team is generating for the university. So I'm perfectly fine with it. They're of age. They're they're you know they're they're adults. They can do. You know, they have the responsibility. They they could go serve our country uh, in the armed forces right now. Yeah, like let them get a job. There's there's not. I mean, it's amateur in name only. And it always has been. But this is a big business. We are in America. We're in a very capitalistic country. This is big business. I'm sorry. <laughs> isn't it funny? Isn't it funny that. We're big on capitalism, and, and there's a subset of America that's very big on capitalism yeah. until it comes to college sports, and then they want to be non-capitalistic and be exactly. like, you know, they, they, they get paid a salary because of their scholarship. No, they don't. And, and, and that's, that, that's just a, that's a farce, and it's always been a farce. Yeah. If a guy... So I'll I'll explain it best. Back when I was in college, my first time through college, I had a couple trips through college. My first time through college, I played sports. I couldn't do certain things. My future baby mama wife, she played the oboe. She could perform for the college, and she could go get paid to perform for the symphony in the city. Mm. I couldn't do that. I couldn't play baseball for the college and then go play baseball and get paid, uh, you know, for the minors or semi-pro. I had to pick and choose. Why is that? Why is sports? Why do we expect people that play sports to not be able to get paid? And, and the NCAA fumbled this thirty years ago. If they'd have just, if they'd have gave a pittance of a salary to players, we'd never have Neil. We'd never be where we at. But the NCAA kept kicking the can down the road until it, it finally exploded on them. And, and I'm sorry if, if any average Joe in college can go to school and work. On a scholarship, then NFL or a college football player, college baseball player, college whatever sport should be able to do the same thing. I don't understand the argument against that. And people can say, well, the transfer is making it like free agency. So what? Who cares? 
Yeah, let them go. In. Let it be that way. Yeah. Well, what is wrong with it? I, I think it just adds another season. You have recruiting season, and then you have transfer season. Now, I have no problem with them saying, okay, we need to make transfer be a window, like where it can only be between January 1st and spring football. I have no problem with Perfect. that. Because you, you do, I understand the team needs to be able to know. Okay, who do we have going into the season? Who I get that. I have no problem with that. But if you're going to try to hamstring the financial gains of a player, then you and I are on the on a different argument path. Because I I truly believe if a player can earn five million in the nil, then they deserve it. Because that's what the the going rate is, and that's supposed to be what capitalism is. The going rate pays the amount. Yeah, competition is healthy. Competition mm-hmm. is good. This should be if the NCAA, like you said, if the NCAA had actually agreed to a stipend of some sort, we'd never be in this situation. And the NCAA would not have an issue of existing in the next ten to twenty years, and which that's very likely they won't be existing pretty soon. So, it, it with, with the advent of the internet, you know, ninety three, yeah. thirty years to so win about thirty year year thirty of public widespread internet use, mm-hmm. it, it's it makes even more sense now to pay yeah. these players because there's a lot of influencers. There's a lot of people that have a lot of followers. Well, Why are, wouldn't a company want to have that person hawk their stuff exactly. to and, their hundreds of thousands of followers? And we've had players quit sports to concentrate on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys I watch, Isaac Punts, that's what he had to do. He had to literally quit. Now he's able to come back now and he actually played, but he had to quit because he wanted to run his YouTube and make money. Why should we have, why should a player have to make that decision? Yeah. That just makes absolutely no sense. Anyway, let's get off the soapbox. Let's talk football. Uh, again, we talked we started with Oklahoma. Uh, Texas loses to Washington 27 to 20 in the Alamo Bowl. Uh, again, same thing. Texas had a ton of starters out because of they're going to pro, they're not going to play. Um, Washington, a good I mean, again, that's just Texas got a lot of young guys snaps. That's going to pay off next year. Um, Alabama destroyed Kansas State. I loved how everybody was pointing at that before TCU's game. Like, yeah, yeah, see, this is why TCU doesn't deserve it because Alabama destroyed Kansas State. Yeah, and the Sugar Bowl that, again, both teams didn't have a lot to play for. TCU had a lot to play for, and they proved it. So let's jump into the playoffs. TCU shocks the world. They beat Michigan. 51 to 45 in a game where TCU jumped out early and give Michigan credit a running base team crawled back into that game with some big defensive plays and some big pass plays uh, that that's that's this is the, what we wanted with the playoffs the, the and, and the same thing with Georgia Ohio State but we'll get into that one anyway this is what we wanted though we wanted excitement. We wanted games that were up in the air, 50-50 contests, and that's exactly what we had. And Sonny Dykes and, and TCU win the game. But I don't think Jim Harbaugh and Michigan, I, I thought they showed very well in this game as well. I, I think we're in a weird era now, and you and I talked about this a little bit on the NFL with the Cowboys, where if you lose, all of a sudden you're trash. And, and that's not the case. Michigan lost, but Michigan still deserved to be in the Final Four. It's okay to be a Final Four team that loses in the semifinals. You, you shouldn't have to feel bad about, like, oh, we shouldn't have been there. Michigan should have been there, and I, I think the game showed that. Yeah, Michigan, they went. they got there last year. Mm-hmm. Which was Harbaugh's best year with Michigan. They got blown out in the semifinal. That's oh yeah, okay. good point. This year they they were maybe a lesser team, but had a better matchup. This year, I, uh, I once the playoffs were set, I thought Michigan would win the the whole championship. Oh really? Yeah, I, I really thought this was the year. They have a really good team. Blake Corum being out did affect their running game. Now, if you look at the stat line as just a regular fan, you're going to see they had 186 yards on 40 carries. 
great by all other standards. But in this game, there was there was a 54-yard run by Edwards to start the game. Uh, that was a great stop by TCU on that opening drive. So after that run, it was first and goal, and then TCU stopped Michigan uh, fourth and goal. And that kind of like switched the game over, and TCU went up twenty-one to three in part because of that. Um, but yeah, so Michigan's running game was stopped by TCU. TCU yeah. actually was just as physical as Michigan was. Michigan was able to coast through this season based off the physicality, and you saw it really in the de facto Big Twelve or Big Ten title game against Ohio State, where Michigan went into Columbus and beat Ohio State by three touchdowns. Just because they were just a more physical team yep. and they asserted themselves in the second half. This game, TCU came with it. They came with it. And TCU didn't have uh, Kendra Miller for most of the game. They had to go to the backup running back, Amari DeMarcado, and they were still just as physical. The, hey, credit. I mean, you see the score is 51 45. Both teams scored two touchdowns on defense. Yeah. Or they got two touchdowns because of turnovers from their defense. So it was a strong defensive performance. Uh, McCarthy, whenever Michigan has to pass the ball, it it's almost always they're going to lose. They And they can, were kind of forced to pass the ball. It, having said that, and you might disagree with me, at the very end of the game, uh, that targeting call uh, where TCU, to me it looked like TCU – had targeted a Michigan the Michigan player. Yeah. And yeah. they and that was getting reviewed and it got uh it had held up cuz they didn't call it on the field and it just was held up. To me it was a targeting, but uh that basically ended the game and it was, you know, kudos to Michigan for coming back. They had to adjust. Um I I really like Harbaugh, but my issue with him is I think his philosophy only gets you so far. What do you mean? I think his run heavy, oh. solid defense. They were third nationally in defense, and they allowed fifty-one points to TCU. So it, it definitely can be exposed outside of the Big Ten. Well, I, I, here's the issue with the NFL: is I mean, the college football world is you get in a situation where even now, as we're trying to have these Power Five conferences. Until we get 12 playoff teams in, and I think it either starts this year or next year, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I think – and I'm, I'm watching the, the targeting. I don't know. He hit him in the back. I, I get that he led with the helmet, but, yeah, he hits him clearly in the back. That's, if they, I think if they had reviewed that, it wouldn't have been a targeting call. Uh, and I, I know I'm going off top, But the, the problem is, is Michigan's defense was really good, but they didn't play other teams in the region. They only played the Big Ten and a couple of nine. Yeah. You know, th- that's, I, I think that when you get to the – so my, my whole belief is, and you said it earlier when we were talking, Neil, the NCAA is going to stop being here in a few years. And you're going to have a power five kind of – league and it's going to become the NFL and some people won't like that I will so what you'll have is you'll have divisions in that league and you'll have teams play each other you'll have Alabama play Michigan on a regular because it won't matter because it'll be a non-conference game that won't count really against your conference record and you can still go win the conference and still get in the playoffs that's the whole reason I want 12 teams it's not just because 12 teams get in but it allows these teams to say hey let's play better teams in the non-conference to make ourselves better for the playoffs so Michigan can say hey 
hey, let's go play a Big 12 team. Let's play TCU next year, and, and so that way we can kind of adjust to them if we, you know, that style of play if we play into the in the league. And there is some negatives in that because you're going to see everybody kind of drift to the same style of play, yeah. which is like the NFL. But hey, the NFL is fun to watch, so I don't have an issue with that. But yeah, I I I, I agree with you. I think the Harbaugh. Of course, it sounds like Harbaugh is probably gone if there's an NFL job. But you and I, I still think that. Honestly, I think he's better fit for uh, the NFL. I mean, the, the college world, because I think he's one of those that's – he's like Jimmy Johnson. He's really, really hard on the players, which can work in three-year windows. Yeah. If you start expecting a guy to be under Jim Harbaugh for eight years, and, and that's the thing that I always, I always remind people when, when they talk about Jimmy and, oh, if he'd have stayed. Even Troy Aikman, who was one of Jimmy's biggest – defenders admits hey if he'd have stayed another couple years we'd have probably got just really tired because it was it was mentally and emotionally almost abusive how he treated the team when they lost and it just got to be even Aikman has admitted hey I don't know if we win another Super Bowl with Jimmy Johnson because he was just it was just so hard under him and so I I kind of feel like Jim Harbaugh is making a mistake going pro but if he does he does but yeah, I agree with you. I, I think that we, we see bet, better region, non re, or, you know, cross region matchups. I think that's where why I'm so excited about twelve. I think we'll see more Bama. And I keep saying Bama versus Texas, but they're about to be in the same conference. Yeah. But Bama versus Michigan in week two of the regular season, Texas versus Oklahoma State in week one of the regular season, because you're wanting to find your best matchups early so that can get you into the playoffs late. Hey, a reason why I don't I have an issue with at large teams making the playoffs is because. I really feel you should value a conference championship. If it's at four, yes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and and this year it was two conference champions in Georgia and Michigan. So SEC, Big Ten. And then there was two at-larges. At-large Big Ten and Ohio State. At-large Big 12 and TCU. So TCU didn't even win their conference. And the conference championship the, – the conference champion of the Big 12 – which is Kansas State, they got rewarded by you know getting destroyed by Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, and in the twelve team year, uh, playoff next year, Alabama would be in the playoffs, and so would T- uh, Kansas State. So I I just feel that I we'll talk about the other game later, but I I, I kind of feel that at large teams, if there's more than one at large team in the in the four team system, it it's just a big asterisk for me. But luckily, I mean here. I really thought Michigan was going to beat TCU by multiple scores. Uh, TCU came with it, though. Yeah. And yeah, kudos to them. This was the second highest scoring uh, playoff game in the nine-year history. The record, I believe, was the Baker-Mayfield game, o- Oklahoma versus Georgia in the 2017 season. Oh, yeah. And that that might have went to overtime, but it was like 54-48 uh, Georgia. So... Uh, <sighs> I'm trying to think what else to talk about this game. Uh, Duggan had a the Heisman Trophy sem- or runner up, Max Duggan. He had a decent game. Was so it- I so I, I just want to point that out. That's to me is one of the most impressive things. He threw for two touchdowns, threw for two interceptions. Yeah. I thought if TCU was going to win, he'd have to have one of those like. 18 of 25, 400 yards, five touchdowns. Yeah. He played okay. Yeah. And TCU won. Mm-hmm. And TCU scored 51 points. 
I think that bodes well. I'm going to say it now. I, I'm going to bury the – I'm not bury the lead. I'm going to expose them. I think TCU wins the national championship. I, I think Ohio State showed that Georgia's defense is nothing like last year. Yeah. Even though I'll, I'll still make the case that – you want to talk about having issues. I have an issue with how last year went down. Georgia and Alabama playing. Georgia loses. Oh, that's okay. Let's let them bend the playoffs anyway. That, to me – I will give the, the, the committee credit for this year as they said, okay, you know what, TCU lost, but you know what, they still deserve to be in. Because if you're going to let Georgia get in last year, and they got beat pretty handily by Alabama in the, in yeah. the, in the uh, SEC championship they game. They did, yeah. And, and so I, I will at least give them uh, credit for being consistent on that. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, just, I think TCU, I think it's their year. I, I think that they're going to beat Georgia. I – Okay, so yeah, spoiler alert. Georgia yeah. won 42-41 to 41 over Ohio State. 18 points in the fourth quarter yeah. comeback. Yeah, so message boards are already saying Ryan Day is going to be fired. I don't think so. No, I, I think, again, just like Michigan, I think Ohio State showed well. Uh, Georgia just got hot. A lot of things broke their way in that fourth quarter that you need to happen. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't any moment where Georgia or with Ohio State, I felt – did anything like, oh, my God, that's the reason they lost. Georgia just made the plays in that fourth quarter. And sometimes you just – we're in an era where we forget that sometimes you just tip your hat to the other team and say, hey, y'all made the plays we didn't when it mattered. That doesn't mean we need to fire anybody or it doesn't mean we're trash. It just means you played a better fourth quarter. My gut reaction for that other semifinal game was Ohio State was the better team that night. It was just a 50-yard field goal that didn't go the yeah. right way. If you looked at Noah – uh, I'm sorry, I completely forgot his name. Uh, Noah Ruggles, the kicker for Ohio State. You look at his eyes; he looked like he was not ready for the moment. <laughs> like Mike Vanderjack against like Mike, Pittsburgh. Yeah, which is funny because I think Noah Ruggles is a senior for Ohio State, and Vanderjack was like eight years in to with the with the Colts at that time. So it, it's just funny that like, a senior leadership like him. This was like you know about to crap himself basically in this moment. Uh, to me, Ohio State was a better team. In the, another matchup, Georgia responded well after uh, you know getting punched basically by Ohio State to start the game. Uh, man, I was very impressed with Ohio State's receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. Yes, the son of Marvin Harrison, the former receiver for the Colts. Uh, Stroud, I was kind of down on him the whole season. A lot of people still have high. View him in high regard. I didn't think he'd played well against Michigan in the regular season finale, but this was easily his best game of the year. 348 yards, four touchdowns, and he ran for another 34 yards. He was the reason why Ohio State was doing so well. I, I, this game shows me the first round talent he really is. Uh, but on the other side, kudos to Georgia. I mean, they're not as good as they were last year especially on defense, but uh, Stetson Bennett with the veteran leadership. You know, he had almost 400 yards, three touchdowns. This is not the t- – style again, they're like Michigan in the sense that they're more of a running team. I Yeah, look, first off, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I'll give Bennett credit. I'm still just annoyed that he was a Heisman finalist. He threw 25 touchdowns, I think, on the year. So – No. Okay. I, I think Bijan probably should have got. I don't even. Uh, hey, look, and as a Texas fan, I, I'm not even talking about Bijan. And as someone that is not a fan of any particular team in college football, I'm. This is my objective opinion. I think Bijan should have been yeah. there. He was a highlight reel the whole season. Uh, but having said that, I can see why they'll put the veteran leader of a no. team. 
I'm, a, I'm sorry. This is why the Heisman has become a joke. And, and this is nothing on Stetson Bennett personally. Hell, I might be kidding to him. My last name is Bennett. But there is no reason in the world, yeah. in any year, yeah. outside of COVID, where teams didn't play a lot of games, yeah. that a guy that throw on the year threw for 23 touchdowns, seven interceptions, averaged 68%. That's not bad. Averaged 68%. Threw for 3,800 yards should be a Heisman finalist. I mean, 3,800 yards on 68 percent is really good. Though. Not in today's era, dude. That's average. Hell, Quinn Edwards, Ewers at Texas almost had that kind of year, and everybody's talking about how he needs to be benched for Archie Manning going in. I just – look, I, I think it's the same way with the NFL MVP. You and I, we didn't even get to talk about this, but NFL MVP. Why isn't Austin Eckler an NFL MVP? The dude is a running back, has over 1,000 yards rushing, 100 yards receiving. How is that not an MVP candidate? Yet it's going to go to Jalen Hurts or Justin Herbert or somebody like that. We, we have got to get out of this whole thing where quarterback is the only thing that deserves the most valuable player. It's just stupid. And it, it, it's just – I thought we were in an era where we realized that, hey, all quarterbacks don't have to be amazing. You can have a, an okay quarterback and win a Super Bowl. The Eagles won with an okay quarterback. The Baltimore Ravens won with an okay quarterback. You don't have to be a quarterback that's the greatest quarterback in the world. So why are we still in MVPs and Heismans, it's only quarterbacks? When was the last time an MVP won a Super Bowl? Oh, that's a good question. It's been a while. Emmett Smith? No, I know there's been more since then. <laughs> but no, that's a really good that's a really good so, point. I was gonna say Stetson Bennett actually ranked eighth nationally in passing yards. <sighs> it wasn't like he was, you know, some slouch. Now, those passing touchdowns are very low compared to everybody else. I think he ranks uh, in the thirties. <laughs> but completion percent and sixty eight percent, that's very good. I, I mean, know that's not bad. That's uh Okay, so if Stetson that's, okay that's top so, That's top 13. Okay, so yeah. why isn't Frank Harris of UTSA a Heisman Trophy winner? Competition. Or, or, he was perception, seventh. Perception. He was seventh. He threw for more yards, more touchdowns. Uh, his completion percentage was right about the same. Quality of opponents. By the way, so here's the deal. Here's another. I didn't even realize this. Thank you for pulling up stats because this is the deal. So Stetson Bennett was a Heisman finalist, and he threw 292 passes. Everybody else around him. Well, I say that, but hell, Caleb Williams won it. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I was reading the wrong stat. My bad. Uh, he threw for 429 pass. He completed 292. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you look at other quarterbacks, Austin Reed, and I know it's Austin or uh, Western Kentucky. He threw 600 times. Michael Penix Jr. of Washington, a really good quarterback. That He was an early I, contender. I, and I yeah. think next year he's, he's a junior, and I think he's coming back. I think he next is coming year, back, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think next year he will be. But and, and it's nothing against Stetson Bennett. I just, again, it's Georgia's good, so that must mean the quarterback is a Heisman finalist. Now, I just have an issue with that. Yeah, it, it's, okay, that I agree with. I, it's almost like the Heisman voters want to look at, okay, who's the number one ranked team? Who's their most recognizable player? Hell, I would have even put Brock Bowers, their tight end, over Stetson Bennett at, the, at that point. No, uh, or like you know, you could put a lineman in there. I don't. I mean, Stetson Bennett had a great year, but by no means was he. He was more of like a hey, here's a you know, here's an invite. Congratulations on a great career. Yeah. And we just gotta stop doing that. Yeah. I mean, should Caleb Williams even want it? Who who should have won it this year? I mean, I, I, I'll admit, like I watch college football, but I don't watch enough to know every player. So it was C.J. Stroud's to lose, and then he lost it. Bryce Young won the Heisman last year, yep. but you didn't think he was going to repeat because it's never happened. Only only one time in the history has it ever happened. 
So it was Archie Griffin. Archie Griffin in 74, 75, I believe, for Ohio State. So you knew Bryce Young wasn't going to win. He did have a great year, but you knew he wasn't going to win. Even Alabama's two losses, a two-point conversion by LSU, the the miracle kick at the end for Tennessee, that's the only reason why they have the two losses. Now, he didn't look good against UT, but yeah, that was overall, early. You're allowed to have a you bad game early. Have a hiccup. And then he still drove them down on the game-winning kick to beat UT. Yeah. So, that I mean, that to me, you and I have always talked about, that's the sign of a great quarterback. You can have a bad game. That's Roger Staubach. Yeah. You know, that's the thing my dad, my, you know, you asked me earlier, was my dad, because we were watching YouTube NFL films and we were watching Roger Staubach. You're like, was, your, was my dad a big Roger Staubach fan? Yes, but my dad always made the point of, there were so many games where if Roger Staubach had played well in the first and second quarters, they weren't needing the heroics of the fourth quarters. He, he would never be captain comeback. Yes. I mean, and that's a valid point. I've always felt that, and I probably got that from my dad. I've always felt that. Like, yeah, great for coming back, but why were you needing to come back? Yeah. Like, why weren't you better? And, you know, uh, but, yeah, I, and I'm sorry. And for all you that, that believe a quarterback and you're, you're Georgia fans, I get it. And, and I, I will admit I didn't realize it's a weird year. We're only 3,800, and I say only, but that 3,800 is a top 10 because, you know, we've had years where, like, you know, 4,000, 4,500 know, to 4,000 yeah. was your bottom. You know, you could actually uh, – sorry to talk about NFL, but you could actually translate that discussion to Patrick Mahomes this year. He'll probably win the MVP this year. Stats are amazing, but there's a lot of games they should have blown out their team, the blown out their opponents. And because of some of his struggles early in the game, yeah, it was close. Okay. But he came back and won those games. But he gets a pass because he's basically him and Travis Kelsey now. He's literally got a Jarek McKinnon having eight straight touchdowns. First time a running back's had eight straight touchdowns in a game, in eight straight games since like the 40s. He's got Isaiah Pacheco getting seven touchdowns on the year. So I, I think that that's why people give him a little bit more credit this year because it was it was kind of felt that it was Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and, oh, Patrick Mahomes, yeah. and now it was tr- Patrick Mahomes. But I agree with you. He struggled early. Uh, and that's no, I would have give Kelsey the MVP nod more than Mahomes in the sense that I'd have no problem with that. But again, ball, it, we're not you're not going to get any nine quarterback in the NFL unless a running back runs for four thousand yards. Yeah. There's going to get an MVP. It, I think Ezekiel Elliott in 2016 and or 20 yeah 2016 and Derrick Henry on his two thousand yard years. Yeah, yeah, the only two running backs that made a case for MVP years in the last 10 years. Fair. How, how about Justin Jefferson this year for the Vikings? Yeah, I think that he is literally what's carrying the Vikings. Yeah, like this is this as is we good. morph back into the NFL side. No, this is a really good conversation because like I'm trying to think there was really no one that stood out stood out in college football. It was almost like a 2000 oh, I'm trying to think of the year where the number oh, I think 07 year where the the top team kept losing each week. It was it was, was kind that of the Kansas Missouri year. Yeah, it was a Kansas yeah. Missouri year, and so you don't really know. Todd, uh, what was that quarterback for Kansas State? Todd Reesing. Yeah, Todd Reesing, and then yeah. Chase Daniels for uh, Missouri. Yeah, and then so, remember the Kansas team had uh, keep to leave. Oh yeah, that was a good team. That, that was, was a really good team. Um, but again, it goes back to, and I know they have to do it by votes, but wouldn't this have been a perfect year to have a running back? Yeah, Muhammad Ibrahim from uh, Minnesota, ranked third nationally in the Big Ten, 1,600 yards. Bijan was fifth nationally. Chase Brown for Illinois was fourth nationally. Illinois had a really good year this year. They lost today in the bowl game against Mississippi State. Everybody wants to make fun of Belima, but he's building something at Iowa or at Illinois. He looks way better at Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, he just. Oh, it, by the way, by the way, sorry. Before you continue, uh, kudos to Mississippi State honoring Mike yes. Leach. They put the uh, a pirate logo on their helmet, and actually, it's one of the better looks I've ever seen. And, and kudos for them winning today, nineteen to ten. We'll we'll talk in the off season about Mike Leach. Mike Leach is a special guy. He's one of the few guys that could beat your team, and yet you still were fine with it because it was Mike Leach. And yep. uh, but but also for all that, he also was terrible at in-game decisions at times yep. and there's a reason why he never was legitimately a national championship contender outside of one year uh but yeah so yeah they, anyway let's go to it georgia versus tcu i've already said it i, I just think tcu's on it i think in college you still have the magical years i think the year ohio state won it that was a magical year that was Every, the first year of the playoffs yes, Ezekiel Elliott led everybody them. buried them early and they were like why are they even here they shouldn't be here and boom they ran off and won a national championship and has there ever been another pac-12 representative in the playoffs not yet because that was uh ohio state in oregon yep uh, Mariota. Mariota's Heisman year. Yeah, and Ohio State beat them pretty good. I, and and I, I just think TCU I, – I just think TCU's a better team than Georgia. I, I think Georgia is good this year. They're not as good defensively as last year. And I still claim if, if you make Stetson Bennett beat you, you will win the game. And I think TCU's defense is good enough to do that. Just like what they did in the semifinal, they made J.J. McCarthy have to win the game for Michigan. and They, they escaped it with a win. But but again, Max Duggan's two interceptions was a lot to why Georgia was able to yeah. – or uh, uh, Michigan was able to climb back into that game. TCU there for a minute looked like they were about to be over in the third quarter. I mean, TCU is a team that wasn't even invited into the Big 12 when they first formed in 96. Yep. And here they are now – the only Big 12 team that's made it, that's won a playoff game, and now they're going to be in the championship. And they even win their conference this year. So it's just, hey, they've been underdogs. I I really feel, I've talked to you about this before, but I really feel bad for Gary Patterson because this is basically his team. Yeah, it really is. And I think that's the thing you're going to have to wonder about Sonny Dykes is this is a great year, but – is it a is it a is it, uh, who was the Auburn coach in 2010 when they won the championship with Cam Newton? Was it Gene Chizik? Yeah, it was Gene Chizik, old UT defensive yeah. coordinator. It's one of those things like they win the championship. You think Chizik's going to be there ten years? He gets fired after three. Yep. Yeah. So is this going to be a situation where Dykes that happens with Dykes or yeah? Because the expectations have now raised at Tennessee yeah. or TCU. They're not going to be happy with nine and three in a, a, a Cotton Bowl. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's a good point because I, I do think that that's a big question because I think I think Gary Patterson just lost his way as head coach. I mean, you've been there too long. I think the message had gotten dull. You know, just people weren't listening. Players weren't listening. I think Sonny Dykes was the perfect brush, uh, breath of fresh air. But will he be able to sustain it? Because what Gary Patterson did so well is he took three stars and had them play better against five stars. Yeah. Can Sonny Dykes do that consistently? Yeah. It's it, it, in a year that's great. He will have cred, even if he doesn't win. He still has cred. He took TCU to the national championship. But how will that play three years from now? Yeah. All right. I think that's it. That's our inaugural. Well, our first one in ten years. We did one in. I think it was twenty thirteen actually when we did out drink the coverage, wasn't it? Twenty fourteen. Is it 2014? Yeah. Okay, so eight years ago. So this is the first college show. Oh, in nine years, technically, yeah, if you want to. Yeah. Uh, I think it's eight and a half because I think we were doing it in 2014 football or, you know, like November. Yeah, or yeah. So. yeah. But for. 
posterity's sake. We will say the first show in nine years. We will have more. We're going to have all the emails and all that kind of stuff here changing. So right now, just go to Facebook, Outdrank the Coverage, type that in. That'll be our Facebook page. Until we're going to do a championship show next week as well. Uh, we're in studio now. That one's going to actually be video. We'll, we'll be linking on and showing you all that. But until then, that's an intern. No, I'm Terry Bennett. This has been Outdrank the Coverage, the college edition on S2S Sports. Wow, that sounds cool to say right here on S2S Sports, part of L4 Media Company.